Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapade listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Brad. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 691, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. It only takes a $200 refundable deposit to hold your reservation. Text Vicki for a free quote at... 636-395-0544. So today, listeners, we thought it was about time for another round of Disney tips and tricks. It's been a while since we've done one of these shows, and we thought with all the recent changes and just happenings at Disney the past few months that it was kind of time to revisit this. And I've really coined this episode, Vicky's Guide to Having a Good Time at Disney World. Uh, because she has all these great tips and tricks. I'm kind of along for the ride today. I'll obviously have uh, strong opinions about certain things and I'll chime in when I have those, but uh, it's we're kind of just gonna throw some tips at you and tricks today. And Vicki's kind of gonna lead us. She already has most of these probably already committed to memory, even though we do have some notes, but Vic, I'll go ahead and let you kick us off and you can introduce whatever you want and how we're gonna do this. Yeah. So. I was talking to Brad and I felt like this was necessary because I know it's been probably at least two years since we did a show specifically like this. And I've been booking a lot more Disney World trips now that the pandemic's not over, but people are ready to travel. And so I'm noticing more and more things that might be helpful. And one of the things is actually a suggestion. It's from me, but it's because of something that happened when we were at Disney World with my family. And that is, If you've never been to Disney World, or even if you have, the water out of the faucet does not taste very nice, depending on where you're staying. It needs to be filtered. It's pretty bad. I mean, we're not exaggerating when we say it's it's pretty bad. The thing is that I noticed, Brad, was as soon as I turned on the shower, when I'm back in Orlando, there's a distinct smell from the water. So I think that makes it worse because, you know, your, your senses work together. So your nose and your tongue are working together. So... My nose smelled it and I felt like my tongue was already tasting it and I wasn't even drinking it. I was just getting ready to take a shower. So the tip that we have for you is to get a Brita water filter water bottle and you can get those from Amazon. You can get them anywhere, but you can order them from Amazon. Now I will tell you that since December, 2019, Disney is starting to install some water bottle filtered water fillers. (laughs) That's a mouthful. For example, at Hollywood Studios, on the way to the buses, they have this really nice bathroom. I know there's one there. We found them here or there, you have to look. Another thing is you can always get ice water from any stand. That is just a given. Disney does not want you dehydrated. They don't want you passing out. So they're willing to give you free water. Now, one of the tips that Kaylee and I like to give, and this goes, I know this is a pre-tip, what we're talking about right now, but this is, even if you bring the Brita water filter, or even if you don't, the best place we found to get water is Starbucks. They will give you a Trenta ice water. And if you don't know what a Trenta is, it's like a 32 ounce glass of water. So their water is filtered. So no worries there, you will get the good water there. I know my mom started tasting the water when we were there and she'd be like, oh, this is the bad water. 
or and like I said, or you can just pick up the glass and you, there's just a scent about it that I don't know what it is. And it's just because of the chemicals or something that they use there. It's nothing that they do on purpose to try to, like, I don't know, Joe, I think Joey said, they're not trying to poison us, but man, it does stink. I don't want to drink this water. So that is one thing for sure that you may want to consider. Now, obviously you don't want to have water in that water bottle if you're flying, because you have to go through TSA and they will make you dump the water out anyway. So that'd be a big waste of time. So you don't want to do that. Uh, did you have anything else to say about that, Brad? No, just that the water is nasty. Well, and another thing you can do, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but this is something you can think about. If you're driving, bring a case of water with you at least. It'll save you money. It's what, Brad, $354 for a bottle of water? So if you're driving, obviously bring one or two cases of water, depending on how many people you're bringing with you. You will use it. You can bring it in the park. Um, it's just a good suggestion. Then if you run out of it, you can always look for one of those filters, water fountains that fill their water bottles, or you can go to the counter, ask for ice water and pour it into your bottles. So that is something that you can do. You can also, if you're not, if you're gonna fly and you're not gonna drive, you can have it shipped to your room, which we'll talk more about in just a little bit. All right, the next tip is to bring or pack raincoats or you can plan on purchasing them at Disney if you want to. Now, we did purchase ours at Disney way back in 2009. Now, they're still intact, but it's a good thing to kind of have. It's Florida. I'm not going to say it rains a lot, but it does rain frequently and for short periods of time, and it's over. Sometimes you get caught in a downpour. It might only be 10 minutes, but you can get drenched if you're not properly prepared so this is the tip on this one just in case you might want to bring a raincoat or a poncho and what is that app that you use brad i use dark sky so it pretty much tells you down to the second and if you've listened to the show for a long time i apologize because you've probably heard this story before but if you haven't this is a good story to hear so we were in the back of epcot one night and we were going we had planned to stay for Illuminations, which was the show that used to be at Epcot at that time. And we were at dinner and Brad looked at the dark sky app and it mentioned that in 45 minutes, we were gonna be covered up with a storm. And it is very, I mean, it is very accurate. We've been very blessed to have that app and we appreciate that app. So we finished our dinner and decided, well, if it's gonna rain, they're probably not gonna have Illuminations. So we're gonna hightail it from the World Showcase to the International Gateway, which is where you can take a boat. And our car, oh no, it was not the car. We took a boat to Hollywood Studios to pick up a bus there because we didn't, we knew we would not have enough time to walk from the World Showcase to the front of Epcot, catch a bus, we were gonna get soaked. That's just, it was the bottom line. So we thought the choice for us would be leave the restaurant, get to the boat at the International Gateway, take it to Hollywood Studios and get on a bus, you'd have a greater chance of not getting completely soaked or at least getting to the boat before we got soaked. So get done with dinner, walk to the boats, and we get on the boats, and then Brad looks at the app. Well, at that time, we were probably five to 10 minutes from this massive downpour. It was a complete coverage of the Disney area. And so he starts taking our raincoats out of our backpack. That's another hint, pack them in your backpack. Because a lot of times, my grandma used to tell me that if you pack a raincoat or an umbrella, 
it probably won't rain. But if you don't have one, you're going to get rained on. Now, that's not always true, but wouldn't you rather have the raincoat than not? So anyway, Brad's passing these raincoats out, and it's dry outside at this point. People on the boat are looking at us like we have two heads. Like, what in the heck are they doing? And then, that was at our first stop. We went to the next stop, which I believe was the boardwalk, and it let go. The water came from everywhere, and the people were all looking at us like, how did we know this? And so we spread that information to the people that were on the boat with us, and we told them, we're like, we have this app, it's called Dark Sky, it's really accurate, and we were prepared for it, and that's why we knew to put our raincoats on. And so people were all like, I'm getting that app, I'm getting that app. So we don't make any money from Dark Sky, we're just telling you that these are things that worked for our family. Very helpful, very helpful. The other thing is bring sunscreen. Now you hear everybody say that, but yes, you can buy it in Florida. You could even have that shipped to your room if you wanted to, but it's cheaper obviously if you bring it from home. It's just because they're gonna charge you more, maybe not on Amazon, but they are gonna charge you more if you buy it in the gift shops. They're in the gift shops, they're in the park if you absolutely forget it. But you don't wanna go without sunscreen. My friend Angela that's been on here sometimes, she went with her daughter and they weren't even thinking, they just got off the plane and they went straight to the ESPN area to watch a, a Cardinal game. And they didn't put the sunscreen in their carry-on because it was too many ounces. So their luggage was at the resort and they got fried, mostly her daughter got fried. And so the rest of the time that they were there, she looked like a lobster. And that's not really how you want to spend your time at the most magical place on earth is being sunburned. Nobody wants to be sunburned regularly and it's not good for your skin because then you risk getting skin cancer. It's no fun being a real life Sebastian when no, you're at <laughs> yeah. Disney World. It's not no. fun like he makes it anyway. No. <laughs> All right, next up on the list of tips is you may want to bring an instant cooling towel or two with you or invest in one of those rechargeable neck fans. They're pretty fancy. Um, they're pretty reasonably priced on Amazon. Um, and I would say this is pretty helpful. I don't I don't really like a lot of things around my neck or like even touching me when it's really hot. This is one of the, the exceptions because this is something that can actually cool you down when it's like miserable. So I've used these. It can be helpful to at least get you off the ledge of just sweltering. What do you think, Vic? Yeah, so the ones that you're talking about that we used, I got two of them. I wanna say it was two for 26, but I could be wrong. They were on Amazon, they're, they are relatively cheap. And the cool thing about them is they're rechargeable. Um, not, they don't use batteries. So you can use your battery pack to recharge them or you can recharge them at night when you're recharging your phone and your battery packs in the room. And they do, they do last for like three and four hours. Because they're USB rechargeable. Correct they work for three to four hours depending on what speed you have them on and when it's a hot hot day i want mine on high that's what nice about them being usb is you can always plug those into your battery pack and it will recharge your fan so if like you're hot at 10 o'clock in the morning and then it starts to wear out then when you're at lunch just plug it into your battery and it charges up some more and you'll have it for the rest of the hotter parts because then when the sun goes down it's not as bad it's tolerable but Sometimes it can get really hot in Florida. Not a fan of the heat, not a fan. So this is what I was, I'm tagging on from what we talked about with the water earlier. Not only can you ship water to your room, but you can ship food, 
Uh, we've had to do sinus medicine because our sinuses acted up while we were there. Maybe baby food if you're traveling with a baby or a small child, that kind of stuff. Or if you just want snacks for your room and you don't want to pay the exorbitant prices that they have at Disney, this is a nice option. One of the coolest thing that Amazon ever did is put a hub in the Orlando area. It is very close to the resort and they can deliver to you within two hours. Now, sometimes there's a small fee, but it's like you have to spend $35 and they'll deliver it for three or 350 or something like that. I'm sorry, but that is worth it to me. And I know for, I mean, especially if you're delivering the case of water, the things you're gonna use during the week, case of water, Brad likes Ace to 12 pack soda, just different things like that. It's really nice to have in the room because sometimes when you get back to the room, like if you go back to the resort and the little quick serve place is closed because it's after 11 o'clock, which is going to happen sometimes, you want a snick snack or you want something. You're hungry. You ate dinner a while ago, but nothing's open. So you're out of luck, especially if you're flying, because as many of you probably know, the more you pack, the heavier it makes your suitcase and you don't want to weigh down your suitcase. So this is just an easy way to do that. And then you don't have to worry about it. And most of the time it's eaten before you leave or you're down to so little of the food that you can just pack the little bit on your carry-on and take it home with you. We've done this a few times and I highly recommend it. Yes, it was very handy to have that option. And you're right, Amazon's thinking they know they were gonna make money by putting it there. It was brilliant. Whoever thought of it was brilliant. I mean, well, we saw how many times a day that they deliver and Target grocery delivers there and Walmart grocery delivers there. So we've seen it all being delivered. Um, I know you weren't with us that trip, Brad, was when Kaylee and I were at Old Key West. This van pulled up and I'm sure, I mean, cause at Old Key West, those are condos and villas and whatever. And so they hold a lot of people. There was a family there. They must've had 20 bags of groceries. So they obviously were gonna be there for a little while. Another thing is you wanna make sure that if, if you're delivering the Amazon and you're not doing the two hour way, that you have it there once you're at the resort. You don't wanna do it two and three days before you get there. Disney used to do this, but if you do that now, they will charge you $10 a day to store it. So save that money. You know how fast Amazon is. I know it's been a little bit of a problem during the pandemic. So if you're really worried, then do the two hour. But I'm telling you, it's a cheap fee. It's not a lot of money and you are on vacation. You budget for that. All right, next up on the list of tips. If you like chewing gum of any kind, as I do, bring it with you because you won't be able to purchase it in the airport at Orlando or at the resorts. They just don't sell it. They try to keep the, the area clean and they think that gum, which is true, you know, it's the potential to be a big mess. Stick to your shoes and the gum wrappers and all that. So they just don't go there as far as gum is concerned. But you can bring it with you and we do every time because I have to have gum. So it's, it's a staple, so. I also wonder if they're concerned about the animals. Probably. And so they feel like if they don't sell it, which honestly, the mostly we use it for is when we're on the airplane. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely if you want gum. And of course you can bring mints if that's what you want, but gum is what helps you when you're in the air for sure. Okay, so next up is shoes. It is imperative that you bring more than one pair of shoes with you. And our son, Joey, learned this the hard way. We, I think it was the first trip that we let him pack his suitcase by himself and we didn't check it. He did not bring another pair of shoes. And so the rest of the week, squish, 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 squish. And he was not a happy camper. And I think he got a blister besides. 
So because of those downpours that I was talking about earlier, you want to have at least two pairs of shoes. Now, I know that some people like um, to wear their flip-flops and I love my flip-flops outside of Disney. Those are not good standing shoes for hours and hours and the miles that you put on your feet every day at Disney. I, hi I don't highly recommend those. If you wanna get Chacos about a month to two months before you leave for your trip and break those in, even if you have to break them in at your house, you know, like walking around your house, breaking them in, I would recommend Chacos. Some people say Birkenstocks. I don't think those are quite as comfortable as Chacos, but definitely get those. Do not buy tennis shoes and wear them for the first time at Disney. It's just, it's, I'm not telling you this to, to tell you not to go to Disney. I'm telling you, prepare your feet for them going because that's not a place to break your shoes in. I will say that the type and durability of your shoes that you plan to bring is probably directionally proportional to the weather you're gonna have while you're there. Like if it's 100 degrees in Florida, you can wear a hole in your shoes in no time flat. So you might wanna think about bringing a sturdier pair for harsh weather. We've had that where, you know, basically we're wearing a hole in our shoes because it's the heat, it's just so hot. And because you're doing so much walking, you know, those stylish shoes that you might've wanted to bring, they might not even hold up in the weather that you're in. So you gotta think through it and you gotta think about that. The other tip that I got and I need to add to my notes, Fred, is that when one of my friends was at the wine and dine, it rained while they were running and she was only there for the weekend. So she only brought the one pair of tennis shoes and she heard on the bus from somebody, hey, just get a newspaper. And she was like, get a newspaper? What is the newspaper gonna do? If you put the newspaper in your tennis shoes, something about the newsprint draws the water from your shoes and they're dry in the morning. So if you don't pack that second pair of shoes or you wanted your pink tennis shoes to go with your outfit for the next day and they're the ones that got wet, grab a newspaper from the newsstand or whatever and then stuff it in your shoes and it should suck the moisture out of it overnight. Apparently that's what runners do if they only bring one pair of shoes. And I know runners spend a lot of money on their shoes, so that's another thing. They may not be able to afford to bring two pairs of running shoes to Disney. Very true. All right, next up on the list, sunglasses. It is Florida. It is mostly sunny most of the time. So you're gonna want to be sure you have a pair of sunglasses and probably one or two spare pairs of sunglasses. We stock up at the high dollar Dollar Tree, or as I like to call it now, the 125 cent tree. So, cause prices have gone up. Uh, I'm not sure how all of you are, but I've got to have sunglasses. It's just, the squinting just gives me a headache after any length of time. So we did have one year where we didn't bring them with us and we had to pay Disney prices to get some. You don't want to pay Disney prices. Bring your cheap glasses. Cause they're probably going to get broken anyway at somewhere along the way. So that's just our tip. Unless that's a souvenir that you were looking forward to having, because I know that when we went with Jean on her girl's trip, there was a pair that she was spotting and she wanted them. But yeah, we always get our sunglasses from the dollar 25 cent tree, as Greg calls it now, um, because you can have more than one pair. And then if one gets broken or one gets stepped on or you drop one, you'll find you'll be able to find it, have another pair right there and you don't have to worry about it. So there are several apps that you can get on and like go to the app store and look for different Disney things. But the one that's the most important, it used to be a choice. Now it's not really a choice. You really need, if you're going to Disney World, to have the My Disney Experience app. Now, 
if you use me or someone else as an agent, they're going to tell you that anyway, uh, because everything is connected. The My Disney Experience app, when it first came out, was something that we used just because Brad's IT and we're techie kind of people. So we've been using it for a long, long time. But now it's imperative that you have this app. And it has a lot of stuff on it, including what we're going to be talking about in the next segment or that Brad's going to kick off is about the Genie. I know we did a whole show on the Genie when it first came out. We're just going to give you some updates on that. But the Genie and the Genie Plus and the individual attraction selection, all of that can be done on My Disney Experience. Your pictures can be viewed on the My Disney Experience. Um, you can even get in your room from that now. So there's a lot of things on that app. Mobile ordering, I mean, it's insane. So you're definitely going to have that app. There's also apps that you can use to count down your trip. Those are not owned by Disney. They're written by other people, but they're fun to have. It's fun to, I like to send my family on the um, tens when we get down, you know, when I'll start at like a hundred and I'll be like, we're 90 days away, we're 80 days away. And then when we get to the day, we're like, it's time to leave. And so those are fun, but all you have to do is go to your app store and type in Disney and tons of things will come up. Okay, so next we're gonna talk about Genie. Uh, it's been a several months back when it launched on October 18th, 2021. So fast forward a few months, we've been in this mode now for a while and people have learned and you know use the app to their advantage or disadvantage as some people might say in certain cases. Um, but I wanted to touch on this because uh, we're not gonna rehash everything. I just want people to understand Genie, that's the free app. It's basically the planning tool. Genie Plus, that's the one that's gonna get you access to most rides in the park. And then the individual lightning lane selection, that's basically the one big ride at each park that you can just flat out pay for. You do not have to have Genie Plus in order to do individual lightning lane. It's complete, individual lightning lane is completely a la carte. You do not, some people think they're hooked, they're not. The only thing that's hooked between them is the lightning lane which is just the queue that you go into for doing that. Now, the thing I wanted to cover about Genie Plus, you read on the propaganda, I'll say the propaganda or what Disney states, oh, you pay this $15 a day and it gets you all of these rides. It does not get you all of those rides. It gets you the opportunity to book one of them or some of them. You are not guaranteed to ride every ride that's in the Genie Plus list of rides. There is no guarantees because it's just like everything else. If they sell out for the day, you ain't getting it. I don't care if you paid your $15, you're not getting on it because it's not available. That was the, to me, that's misleading. They, they, they portray it as, oh, you pay your $15 and then you just get all of these rides. You can just, they make it sound like you can just go and get on the rides. You cannot do that. You still have to book and you still have to reserve and I just want people to understand that, not to be go in with false expectations. And there's some parks where we don't even think you should even use Genie Plus because it's not advantageous based on the nature of the park you're in. One of those parks is probably Epcot. I don't know, it might be advantageous for some people. It may not. Um, sometimes it might be easier to stand in the, the regular queue line because some of those queues aren't very long. So. I just wanted to touch on that. Those We won't rehash everything. Again, the individual lightning lane, that is completely a la carte. 
and it's usually the most popular ride in the park or that they've deemed the most popular and you can flat out pay for that. Now that's like surge pricing. There is no set price for those. It, it varies based on demand, but you can pay to just ride that ride. But again, even that is based on availability. If you want to ride Rise of the Resistance and you say you want to pay the individual lightning lane for it, okay, but it may not be available. It may be sold out for the day. So there's no point of you paying for that. You're not going to get it if it's sold out. So again, there's some, there's little nuances here that you have to consider when using these systems. And, you know, I think overall it's okay. As long as you know, going in, it's not, it's not a silver bullet that's going to get you in all these rides necessarily. The next tip that we have is Disney Springs. Disney Springs used to be Downtown Disney, in case you've been there before and you're not, you're unsure of the name, because I know it changed for some recent clients that I have, some that are leaving tomorrow, some that are have been there recently, and so they're confused at what it is. When it was Downtown Disney, it was a, a smaller uh, shopping and restaurant area. It has now become this humongous outdoor shopping and eatery place with some of the most amazing restaurants and stores that you may or may not have it your, in your home area. Um, if you live in a small town, probably not. But it is a great place to go for down days or if you do a non-park trip to Orlando, it's a great place to go. And you can make reservations to go to restaurants there just like you can um, on the My Disney Experience app. You can make the reservations for Disney Springs restaurants because they're connected. You do not have to have a ticket to get, in, to get into Disney Springs. I know that's an interesting question that I've never had anybody ask me before, but it does make sense if it's part of Disney property. And I mean, let's face it, some things are charging for things that we don't think are necessary. So I could see where they think that they might get charged to stay there. It's not even, it, you don't even pay for the parking. And it has an amazing parking garages. We recommend the parking garages if you go there because it tells you exactly how many spaces are available on each floor. So if you see there's only five spaces available on one floor, don't go on that floor. Go to the next one or find one that has, you know, where you're not gonna be driving around the parking lot. It's really nice. They have a little light over the parking spot. And if it's full, it has a red light. Yeah, and I will say, you said it gives you the number of spaces available or occupied. Just so you know, that's not a human calculating that. It's all digital and it's based on what you just said, Vic. They have lights above each parking space. If it's green, it means it's open. If it's red, it detects that a car is parked there. So then they calculate all open and new spaces based on that system. It is really, really cool. And honestly, I feel like Orlando International needs to adopt this plan because this time especially, we don't usually have a reason to go in the parking lot, but because we rented our car, um, which we'll talk about our rental place in a minute because I don't want to bleed out of this conversation. And we had to get our car to the parking lot and it was a difficult place to find a parking spot. So I think that they should take note from Disney and do this at the at International Airport. But anyway, Disney Springs makes for a great place to go even after you're at the parks, because I like Animal Kingdom closes pretty early next to the other parks. So it's a great place to go. It's open until I know at least 11, and I believe the weekends it's open till one. At one point it was open till two, but I don't think they've gone completely back to their hours still because of the pandemic. 
but it's just, it's beautiful there. There's just so much you can do. Saratoga Springs and Port of Orleans, French Quarter and Port of Orleans Riverside. All of those are very close and you can take, and is that the only three? I was trying to think of that's the only three resorts. And the Old Key West. All of those, you can take a boat from those resorts to Disney Springs. The rest of them, you take buses, but it's just a great place to go hang out. They have live music. They have street performers. It's really cool. You don't miss the Disney bubble by being there. You're still immersed in the Disney bubble. All right, moving on, we're going to touch on transportation. Obviously, one of the main ways and most popular ways is to go by Disney bus. If you're on property, uh, they will escort you around to various different places, the parks, Disney Springs, um, and all that's free. So most people know about the bus system, and we've done that a lot. Um, there are also boats. We like to do that for a change up just for the pleasant ride and, you know, get out on the water. And it is usually a little bit less crowded to go by boat. Um, it just depends on where you're going and what, if you're on a friendship boat or you're on a ferry, ferries are a little bit more crowded, um, but it just depends. Then there's also monorail. Um, that's the one that goes around to the to the big there's a line that goes around to the big four like there's magic kingdom it stops at magic kingdom it goes to contemporary it goes to the ticket and transportation center then on to polynesian and then to grand floridian and back to magic kingdom and so there is that one and there's also a line out to epcot that you can get i believe at magic kingdom and the ticket and transportation center you can go to epcot from those and then the Skyliner, which is the most recent addition, uh, it's it's open, it's been open for a while, and a lot of people like to use just that as it's a ride in and of itself. It's sometimes it's nice to just get on there for a relaxing loop around some of the resorts because you get to see an aerial view of a bunch of stuff, and it's very nice. I mean, it is not air-conditioned, which we thought was very odd when they were opening these, and we are like, how's that gonna work? It's really not. It's really not as hot as you think it is. It's actually very cool the way they cool those units. So um, it's very cool. It's highly suggest the Skyliner. You just have to be careful. There can be backups on the Skyliner like at Pop Century and the main hubs because it just depends on the time of day and how many people are going to the parks that day. It, you just gotta watch it. You might not want to choose that as an option if you're wanting to get there quickly like if it's backed up. So you just gotta watch that. And I think Vic is gonna talk about some of the things that we did recently when we stayed off property doing a car rental directly from a third party. So Vic, why don't you tell us about that? So obviously you have the normal car rental places like Hertz and Budget and Enterprise. Those are the ones that you can pick up at the airport. Those are the ones that most people know about. But if you know anything about the pandemic, that during that time for those rental car places to make it, they sold off some of their fleet and because of that the cost of rental cars has become outrageous like almost well in one case one place i was going to use was double what we had used just the year before before the pandemic and so it was crazy when i started looking and there was five of us when my mom went so we had to have a bigger car we couldn't just have like a little van or something we had to have like a tahoe or a suburban like we have at our house and just bigger cars with so we had room for all the luggage let alone the people and so we found out about this service called turo.com it's t-u-r-o.com and 
essentially, I think it was created, what I understand, from the Airbnb people. And it's people that purchase cars just to rent them to people in their local areas. And they have them everywhere. It's not just Orlando. So if you're going somewhere and you're needing a rental car, I would definitely check into it to see if it's in your city or town. But um, we got on there and of course, Christmas time, everything gets prices raised. And we saved, it was $1,800 to $2,000, depending on which place you were renting from. We saved that much money by going through this third party. And so I strongly suggest if you are insistent, I know there are some people that just don't like to be somewhere without a rental car. This is where I would go first, Toro.com. And um, if you book through me, I will remind you of that if you're one of those people that wants to get a rental car. But it was really great. We had really good service. We There was some brake issues with our vehicle and the guy was checking on us throughout the week, but um, he was gonna take care of us regardless. And that's all we cared about, so in the trunk issue, but you know, that's all in all, it was okay. It was, it was worth the discount we got. It was, and that wasn't his fault. Somebody had had the car just a couple days before we arrived and he didn't want to call and tell us we don't have a car. So he just let us know that for, I don't even know how they did it, but they cut the wire on the hatch of the Suburban that we are the Tahoe that we rented. And so we just had to hold it up, but it's a significant savings. Yeah, the only thing is, I would say with Turo that we learned and it became pretty evident, you know, it's not like the other, you know, official corporate rental places where they have their fleets maintained. I think the people at Turo, whomever is signed up to rent their cars through Turo, it's on them to keep their vehicle maintained up to up to snuff. It's up to that specific individual that you're renting from. So there is a little bit more risk there. It depends on who you get, whose vehicle you get. Are they a good renter? Do they not care that their stuff is working? Like in this case, the guy was very upfront, but some people I could see they might be like, well, I don't care if you just need four wheels. I don't care if it really works well, you know? And so some of those, you might have more risk, inherent risk by going that cheaper route of Toro, but we found that it was a much better option in our situation, so. There's tons of reviews, Brad, you can read. This particular person had five stars on every person that had ever rented from it. It brings up another good point. You read, you definitely need to read the reviews for something like this, so that before you book to make sure you're not basically getting a, a bad renter, so. Yeah, they had the car at the airport for us. That's where I was saying that we had to go to the parking um, garage because we had never done that at NCO before and that's why and the thing that confused me is I thought there was a place at the airport just like for Hertz and all these other ones I thought there was a place for Toro that's not the case the Toro vehicles are just parked in the regular garage just throughout wherever the person who last returned it could get a spot so you're kind of hunting and pecking to try to find it if they don't, because the renter may not know exactly where it is. Like in this case, we had a little trouble finding it. I mean, we did, but. That was more the garage's directions more than the person, because he gave us pretty detail. He told us what floor it was on and it was at the very end of the row and everything. I really think that that was on Orlando because it said this is where the parking garage is, but it didn't say, okay, you 
you need to go to this elevator. This elevator only goes to floor one and two, and this elevator goes to one through five. So I'm not sure that was on Toro as much as it was also on the airport. Yeah, but my point is there's just not a place for right. Toro like there is for Hertz or Enterprise. There, there's not a specific place. It's going to be wherever you can, wherever the car is parked, that is your Toro vehicle. Yeah. So. But it still was, I felt very good about it. And then in the end, we did the same thing to return it. We took a picture and sent it to him, just like, you know, we had. So, yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to use it, but it will save you money because it is significantly cheaper unless you're able to do. I know I have a friend that I won't say name because I don't know, I want to get anybody in trouble, but um, can use her corporate discount. And so that is a severe discount at, at like one of the big places like Enterprise and Budget and Hertz. But if you don't have something like that, then you want to go to Toro.com and check it out, read the reviews, because significant, significant difference for sure. All right, Vic, we're going to wrap up with just a few extra tips and then we'll be done for today. Um, I wanted to touch on Disney cast members. They can be your best ally. We've kind of talked about this before or your worst enemy if you don't treat them correctly. So be sure to be nice to your cast members and ask them if you need something. And especially if you're celebrating something big like an anniversary, birthday, a wedding or a recent graduation, let the Disney cast members know they'll at least give you a pin they want to celebrate with you that's probably one of the funnest things of their job is being you know again guest interaction that's a lot of why most of them do that so let them know they want to celebrate with you they can make it fun and especially if you go at one of the seasonal celebrations like christmas or halloween you want to be sure to check the individual schedule there are specific parades and shows for those events that you'll want to see for a price for a significant price, not saying it's not, but just check that out. You'll wanna see if it's something your family is interested in. And I think that's all I had, Vic. Do you wanna to touch on anything else there? Just I wanted to say, if you are in any kind of business where you go, if you go to a company, the secretaries, that's how it is at a school too. The secretaries are like the gatekeeper. Well, that's how the cast members are. And they're allotted. We don't know how much it is because we are not officially working for Disney, but we know that the cast members are allotted so much magic per month. And so if you treat them with kindness, especially after if they've just been chewed out by somebody for something that they have no control over, they may be able to give you some magic. Or if they are struck by a story that, you know, you're bringing your grandma for the first time to Disney or whatever, they can choose if they want to use their magic on you for that specific time. I know that um, one of my clients was telling me that last year when she went, she was just like, this is so much money and I don't make that much money. I, I don't understand why we have to pay to park at the resort. Um, there's plenty of parking. It's, it's obviously not because you're charging me because the parking is limited. That's not the situation. And the cast member was like, let me see what I can do. And, you know, understood the fact that things cost a lot of money and people don't make as much money as maybe they should sometimes. And she was able to give that to her for magic. And my client didn't know that, that she would do that for her. She just was nice to her and that person used that for that person. So that is what you want to do. Be nice. Even if you don't get something, it's, it's just nice to be kind to people. Just do the right thing, people. Sometimes I hear kids, they're like, so what do I get? You get to be nice. And someone's nice to you. Yeah. You don't have to get anything from it other than because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. 
We could, that's a whole nother show, Brad. It really is. It wouldn't be G enough for a Disney podcast <laughs> for some of the things I had to say. Yeah. Yeah. So we won't go there. I'm G rated all day. I have to like think things in my head sometimes like don't say it, don't say it, don't say it because you're just that. Well, thank you, Brad, for helping me do this episode on our latest tips and tricks. Some of them may have been a repeat for you. Some of them may not have been. But either way, these are things that we've learned over the years since 2009. And I know that a lot of my clients are like, wow, these are really helpful. So we thought, you know, it's been a long time. Let's throw one of those in doing that. We're going to have a lot of trip reports for you coming up in the future. We have several people that are, well, I have two clients that have left this weekend and I have one leaving next weekend. So it's going to be a lot of trip reports. I hope that they'll be helpful to you too, because they're all staying in a variety of different places which is cool also so that you can get a different taste for different things some of them are taking kids some of them are just young adults you know so it'll be fun i can't wait to share that with you guys and i hope that even if just one of these tips is helpful to you that makes me happy because that's what we like to do is make everything better for everybody it's kind of crazy just how many people are getting back on the vacation bandwagon now i mean it seems to be exploding and brad knows this because my, my face is usually in a computer. Yeah, you are very busy, so that's a good thing. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com or text us at 636-395-0544. If you'd like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, you can text me at 636-395-0544. You can make a reservation for a ticket and resort package for just $200 refundable deposit. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, or on our TikTok account, Your Story Travel. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, The Mousecapades Podcast. Well, Brad, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Just keep swimming. Have a magical day, my friends. <laughs>